Good morning, family and friends. We meet again on Sunday. That's a blessing. Let us pray. For your mercies, we thank you, Lord Jesus. For your kindness, we thank you. For your patience, we praise you. For your power, we glorify you. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace this morning with joy in our hearts, great joy, at the thought of once again being united with you, being united with our family and our friends as we come together as a church family. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless us with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and make us church. Come, Holy Spirit, and make us one. We pray, Father, that you be with us. Bless us as we learn, as our eyes are opened, as we discover, and as we commit to you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Amen. Shall I just ask you to... Join me where you are as we say together. Okay, sing together. Haven't done that in a while. Sing together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, be. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the beloved and thank you for sharing we are reading this morning just two scripture readings that we are getting 
The first one is from Genesis. I know you're not going to struggle finding that book. Genesis chapter 2. We will be reading verses 8 to 10. And that is to be followed by chapter 3, verses 1 to 7, just for us to set a setting. The second reading, which is in the New Testament, is found in the book of John, chapter 3. Right? Okay. Let us move. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. And the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put men whom he had formed. And now the ground of the Lord, <clears throat> sorry, let me start from the beginning. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put men whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right? That sets our background. And uh, chapter 3. And now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. And the Lord God, that the Lord God had made, he said to the woman, did God actually say to you, you shall not eat any of the trees in the garden? And he said, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, you shall not eat eat the trees the tree the sorry you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden neither shall you touch it lest you die but the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die for god knows that when you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was a delight to the eye and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit of the and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. That is the end of the first reading. Our second reading in the New Testament is found in the Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now a certain man, a Pharisee named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. 
unless a person is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter the womb, his mother's womb, and be born a second time, can he? Jesus answered, I tell you the solemn truth. Unless a person is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say you must be born from above. The wind blows wherever it will, and you hear it's the sound it makes, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Amen. I bless you for this word. I pray that you inspire my mind and my thought. Holy Spirit, speak to me, speak through me, that your people be blessed and your church be edified and your name be glorified. We pray. Amen. All right. Yes, I'm reading John chapter 3 again. And yes, again, I'm talking about being born again. This is particularly important to me at this point because on Thursday, we will be commemorating, celebrating the day of ascension. When Jesus ascends into heaven from whence he will now release the Holy Spirit which will come to us on a Sunday that we call Pentecost. So I thought we might be a good way to start talking about the place of the Spirit, where it goes and all that, but I'm not going to talk too much about it so that uh, I at least have something to say on Pentecost. A few words. In the New Testament, Nicodemus come to Jesus at night. I, we look at the statements of Nicodemus. He says that, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. And in the Old Testament, so I, I want to start by talking about this word to know because it forms uh, a large part of what we're going to talk, to talk about today. God created humanity. God created a garden in the east where he placed humanity. Now, it is said from chapter 2 that in the middle of the garden, there were two trees, the tree of life, as we normally talk about, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Please leave the apple out. We are not talking about the type of fruit. But we know the fruit because the Bible says that each tree is known by its fruit. So we get the name of the tree. The name of the tree, it is the knowledge. It produces the knowledge of good and evil. And so that is, that is the fruit, good and evil. And we hear that 
in chapter three, the snake came and enticed uh, Eve and she ended up eating the tree and sharing it um, with, with her husband, Adam. So here we are. Can I just start by talking about this tree a little bit? Where I want to go is the question that Nicodemus asked. How can a grown man be born again? Because he needs to understand how is it when you have fully grown, how do you go back or revert to innocence? How is does it happen? We know that the first birth is through the woman, through flesh. So I was born already. That has been done. How do how, do I have to be undone, unmade, uncreated, disappear in order to be born again? How does it work? Do I go back into the womb? And if I come out, do I come out as I was? What about the knowledge that I have? Because we know to be a grown man, kinds of denoted to be a complete man. Because what you are is not only your age, it is everything that you have learned up until that point, your experiences, the accumulation of the wrong and right decisions you have made, your state in life, where you are at that particular moment. If you have a family of your own, you are a father, you are a mother, you are a grandmother, everything makes you who you are. So how do you undo all of that and be born again. This was the challenge that Nicodemus had. And I hope to God that I'm going to be able to explain this. It's beautiful in my mind. <laughs> it's beautiful in my mind. So I hope it makes sense at least when it comes out of my mouth. The tree that we are talking about is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We look at the word knowledge. It is a noun that is pronounced or that is called the earth in, in Hebrew noun, knowledge, the earth. Okay, we are, not, we are not at a good and evil yet. We're just looking at the tree. It means this tree comes with knowledge that, uh, that, is a for, that is a noun. And the verb form of that is to know, that is yada. And what it means, and they both mean the same, is to ascertain by seeing or to observe or to care or to recognize. This is what it is. You know what you have seen. You know what you understand, what you have experienced. Okay. Incidentally, the word yada is also the word that is used in chapter 4 that says right in the beginning of the, the, the verse that Adam knew his wife Eve. What did he do? Yada. So to know it's not only information that comes in the mind. But it brings to me to, to espouse, to hold on to, to have an intimate knowledge. So what happened in the garden is that the man and the woman had an intimate knowledge of good and evil. They espoused it. Now, 
the serpent had said, your eyes will be opened. Yes, their eyes were opened and they began to see. When their eyes were opened, <laughs> this, is the, this is the thing, and they knew that that is yada again. They knew that they were naked. So when their eyes were open and knowledge came from this tree and the first realization that is given by having consumed this fruit is the knowledge of a state that is not likable, not impressive, embarrassing, one that needs to be hidden. They knew they were naked. So the snake, to one extent, was right. Their eyes were open. Now, what does this mean that their eyes were open? Their eyes were opened to evil, which before was not there. Their eyes were open to shame. Their eyes were opened to embarrassment. Their eyes were open to the rejection of self in the way that we were created. That's why we still go to plastic surgery right now. We do everything to get that summer body. Not only for health, by the way. But God had said, you will die. There is a part that dies. The part that dies is the comfort of knowing who you are, the, the joy of being with God. There, the introduction of evil is also the reduction of good. So from here on, you see a relationship where humanity is both good and bad. There, there is an espousement of these two. And this is what we inherit as we grow old, as we become human, as more humans come through life. Um, we get to see that in Adam, in, in Cain and and able, we get to see both good and evil. So in our lives, every one of us, we are born with that. We are born with good. We are born with evil because sin has been introduced. But the problem of sin or the problem of evil is that it does not want a piece. It wants the whole pie. And it does not want to be a guest it wants to be in charge. It wants to take over. So now we find the coming of Jesus in the New Testament. You find now Nicodemus going to Jesus at night. Or Nicodemusly, as we like to call it. And he is saying to Jesus, listen to the opening words of Nicodemus. Rabbi, we know. That is that knowing coming again. The knowing that we find used in the New Testament is Edo, which means to personally know by experience or to see, which gives a similar meaning to the knowledge that we find in the Old Testament. So he is saying that we, we know, we understand, we accept. And it is my belief that this word, we know, we, we're not going to look at the we, we're just going to look at him because he came, the we, he knows who is representing. 
But the knowledge that he has gives Jesus the impression that Nicodemus is ready for the next step. And what is the next step? Unless you are born from above, born again, as we like to call it. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. In fact, you cannot even see it. Now, the amazing thing about this is when Jesus says this to Nicodemus, he's not asking him any questions. He's kind of saying that is good. I believe that acceptance of Jesus Christ, for example, in our time right now, that is the beginning of our birth, or that is, or that could be the conception of a new us, but it is not the end. There is a need to be born again. Now, this being born again, this is what he says. He says in the in, 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 in the King James, he said, Verily, verily, King James, I say unto you, except a man be born again, okay, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus had said, We know, all right. We know that you are a teacher from God. And for that word, no, he had used the word Edo. We were together, right? That is a Greek word, Edo, which, which means to personally know by experience or to see. Now, when Jesus answered him, answers him and he says, unless a man is born of the, is born again, he cannot guess what is the word that Jesus is using? The same word, Ada, that Nicodemus is using for what we have, we, what we know about, what we know about. He said, knowing me is not enough. We need to take it a step further and being born again. Now, being born again releases a new Edo, and that Edo is the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus Christ has come to bring on earth, to bring a knowledge of the kingdom of God. If you read the Gospels, it says that he had come to preach the good news about the kingdom of God. And this is where he made the many examples about the kingdom of God. He wanted us to see, but it's not a simply seeing, it's to know personally and experience or by experience this kingdom of God. Jesus of Nazareth, he was born of Joseph and Mary. He grew up, he did miracles. He even raised people and he knew how to make a good wine and get a party going. Is not enough. There is an element that is needed. The element that is needed is to be born again. Now, who does that? So Nicodemus is asking a question. How do we get there? 
I already know what I know. And what I know is that you are a teacher from God. Does that mean that I'm going to have to be born again, forget what I know or unlearn what I know so that I start from innocence again? So Jesus explains now, unless or until except a man is born of what he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, when we talk about being born again, that we, we like to talk about. To be born again, we get that Greek word, anothen, which can be described, yes, it is to be born again. And in the translation that I read, to be born from above or to be born anew. Wipe the slate clean. And when we look at being born again, it's not only a matter of standing and raising your head one day. It is a total transformation where the spirit begins a process in you. Now, let us look at this. A grown man is born already. The flesh has done its part. This is why Jesus is saying what is born of flesh is flesh. But, but we have to remember that there is a process in the flesh where we espouse both good and evil. Can, can I tell you how we do this? We espouse good and evil because we have these words to say, it's not that bad. I know I'm a sinner, but, you know, not like this one. We, we categorize we we say at least my good deeds outnumber my bad deeds we we want to have the two living comfortably with each other but there is a constant struggle in them that is why just the knowledge of god the knowledge of jesus through seeing him through experiencing is not enough there is a need for the spirit to come again now let us look at this Jesus says, except you be born of water and the spirit. I know you already understand the water part that it deals with baptism and of the spirit. We're going to try and, and answer this question of Nicodemus. How is it done? You need to be purified, cleansed of the evil that we have. Remember that shame and shaming others and blaming. So there there needs to be a part of you that is removed. So baptism is not only the giving of the mark, but it is a cleansing or a removal of that part of us that is defiled. So we are being cleansed, but when that part is removed or it is clean, there, there is a 
space now, what is happening? You are being born again. It means what we have lost through sin, what has been taken through sin, is now replenished or replaced by the Spirit who now takes a permanent residence in us that we will deal with when we come to the Pentecost. But we see the work of the Spirit is to create new beings. There is a birth that has taken there needs to be a birth that takes place spiritually so that when you are a human creature, you are totally formed. That is both physically and spiritually. You are not only one part. Our eyes that had been opened and we saw our nakedness led to a death of some part. So it is a part that has died as we are now introduced to new life. This is the invitation that Nicodemus is given. So what is born of flesh is flesh. But we are not only flesh and we know that. We are flesh, we are spirit, we are soul, we are mind. And all of that needs to come together. Paul has this to say to show you the conflict that exists between flesh and spirit. He has this wonderful phrase, the things that I do not want to do, that I shouldn't be doing. These are the things that I end up doing, the things that I want to do, that I know I should be doing. I don't do them. So that is that constant conflict. So the coming of Jesus is coming to bring us a new knowledge that we see him, we see the kingdom of God. We see him, we know there is something coming. But it is not only seeing it in him, it is an invitation for us also to enter, for us also to have a residence there, to be part of this. So we are not living for one day where we will enter the, the kingdom of heaven. Right here, right now, through the spirit and through this water that cleanses us, the spirit then restores to us what has been lost. Listen to what he says. What is from above is above everything. So from above, yes, we are born. Above, we are new creatures. So it is really, we are born anew. So a new person is standing in the place of where we were. But this is the thing. We are creatures standing New creatures being created, a new new life, new experiences, a new relationship with God. But we are still standing physically in the old address. That is why we will not want to let go of us. This old address does not want us to think of ourselves as different. But you know, when the Spirit of God has come into you, you are a new being. And nothing can take your place. Now, we find that we still find words, particularly in the church. And we say things like, but I am only human. 
Yes, you are human, but you are not only human. Human is not a diminutive state. Being human is being created in the image of God. And through the Holy Spirit, that tainted image is washed clean. It is restored. So you are not only a human being, but you are a human being, a creation age of God coming to life. So you will find that the enemy keeps wanting to call us back to that former relationship. And in that former relationship where we did not know better, we are called in again. So why do you have to be born again? Because you cannot have two masters. You cannot espouse both good and evil. Your knowledge has to be from this side so that you can experience that another being born again. Your ador is not only in seeing a human being. Now, this is where I want to go. Jesus Christ, who is the image of God came to earth taking our image, this is funny, taking our image of a human being to show us how we can go above that. But this is not where it ends. Remember, when we're talking about God and this image that we are created in, we are talking about the Father, the Spirit, and the Son. So Jesus is saying, the Son is taking this. You are already done. This is the flesh, but it's done, but it's not complete. So you see in him what what it looks like. <clears throat> but it's not only an a door of seeing, it is an a door of personally knowing through experience. And it is not only a knowing of God through this experience, but it is a knowing and an experiencing of this heavenly kingdom. Please understand, this, this heavenly kingdom is not an escape from this earth. That says that as long as I can make my, my, my way into heaven, mm -mm. you are already given privilege and preview to know this place, to experience it right here where you are. But you live like a heavenly citizen. You live so that this newness is seen in you. The God that has restored you is in you. So what happens when the spirit comes into us, it takes over so that we do not have to contend with sin. But God being a generous God has given us what is both the best and the worst gift that humanity can have, and that is free will. And this is the will of God that we should know spirit. The knowledge of the evil part will be washed as we get a new knowledge, will be replaced as a knowledge of life is there. Happiness replaces sadness. Joy replaces doubt. Trust gives us comfort. We are totally 
interest. It's, it's not that the evil is not going to exist out there, but it is that once you have seen this kingdom, you don't want to go back. I pray that as we go through this day, we might strive to know God. We might strive to know God truly so that his spirit can remake us. We are being remolded moment by moment. We become new creatures in Jesus Christ. We don't do it of ourselves. It is the spirit that does it in us. May the Lord bless us and give us hope and strength. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this day. And as we prepare for the coming of the Spirit, may we seek to know your Son, Jesus. Seek to understand what this kingdom is about. So that this kingdom that you are inviting us into, we do not become strangers in it. It does not become something to be feared, but something to be relished, something to be enjoyed. As you fill us this day, be with our families, be with our country, be with the rest of the world, for you are a God that can do it. Holy Spirit, go with us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Friends, thank you for tuning in. I hope you are blessed by this message. It is Ascension Day on Thursday. Don't forget that.